The Smart Start Money Podcast. If the subject is about money and life or questioning the so-called experts on the subject, we open the conversations. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. This is the Smart Start Money Podcast. My name is Eric Flynn. This podcast episode, I wanted to talk about a lot of the recent economic news I've seen because honestly, none of it seems to be exactly true. There's a lot more going on in the economy and the media and Washington are certainly out of touch. Stick around for today's podcast as I talk about recent economic news. Today's podcast episode, I really wanted to kind of take some time to go over some of the recent economic news that I'm seeing only because a lot of it just seems to be not accurate. It's not only not accurate, it's just, it's false. And some of the media is, they're completely out of touch. I will say, if you're listening to the podcast, that it really doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat on the left, the right, the middle. When you watch the news, and I know a lot of people, depending on what side you're on, you're either going to be for NBC or Fox News, and it does not matter. Because I watch a lot of news, and a lot of people that are reporting it, a lot of these media outlets, they're, they're just not being very transparent. It's almost like when you go to, let's say, buy a car and the car salesman doesn't give you the exact truth in all the details. They're leaving things out often to make things seem like they're much better. And in some instances, they probably don't even realize what exactly is probably really going on. When it comes to a lot of middle America, I, I think a lot of these media outlets, especially the people reporting the information, they really just have no clue. And they have no clue because, you know, they're million dollar journalists that live in, you know, gated communities. They make tons of money. Inflation honestly doesn't really hurt them. You know, a few more dollars at the gas station doesn't hurt them and it they, they just have no clue and it's really kind of aggravating how I see a lot of this stuff and I just wanted to do a podcast to kind of go over some of my thoughts of some of the information I'm seeing out there and a lot of it is repeated and it has to do with jobs and inflation and gas prices I will admit I don't even have the full story but a lot of what I'm seeing on the news is anywhere not even near what exactly is going on. And some of the information I'll have in this podcast that I'm doing is they're just kind of my thoughts, you know, not necessarily a conspiracy theory, but they're probably some reasons why some things are going on. And the first bit of news I wanted to get to was I recently watched a few days ago some of the president's speeches, his speech in Baltimore on the shortage of things and, you know, some of his, his, his economic thoughts and how things are going to get better. And it really just kind of blows my mind how he thinks a lot of people in America are just clueless. I just don't understand. And I'll play a few clips for you so you can you can kind of hear what he said in, in some of his information. And I'll tell you that if some of the things he's saying, if you can't figure out exactly why they're happening, 
then it's clearly a problem. The thing here is, is they probably do realize why things are happening, but they're not going to admit it. And I will say that even when the other administration was in there, everything wasn't transparent all the time. They also would leave details out. Probably one of the biggest ones with the Trump administration was, you know, they liked to tout how wages were up, you know, for so many people. Well, wages are up for low income and middle income people. Well, yeah, they are. Um, but they're not up as much as healthcare, housing, and all the other costs. Those are up much higher. So, yeah, people tend to get more money, um, but it's typically not as much, especially today with the inflation we're experiencing. They're not getting the raises and earning the type of money to keep up with it all. And that's just how, you know, some of these politicians use things to their advantage. They say one thing when there's really something lying underneath that is more transparent and truthful. There was a recent address by the president on some, some different economic things. And I just want to play a couple clips and then kind of comment on some of it, because to be honest with you, a lot of it just... It's not exactly honest and transparent. A lot of it is leaving out additional information. I can't believe that the administration that's in office right now doesn't believe that people are picking up on some of this. And the same thing goes with the last administration. They would do some of the same things sometimes too. So I just want to play a couple clips and then just comment on a couple things real quick. I was determined when we got elected, we got to build it back better than it was because the world's changing so rapidly, so rapidly, man. We got to keep up. We're in competition to determine whether or not we can still remain the most powerful economic force in the world. That particular comment right there, I think most people realize that as far as remaining in competition with the rest of the world, we're losing a lot of ground. And we've been losing a lot of ground for some time. And the reason behind that is it's already been set in motion. It was set in motion a long time ago. So I don't know how he plans on actually regaining control of everything because here's the problem. The problem is once we started outsourcing most of our jobs, most of the things we make, and on top of that, we outsource pretty much, we don't make anything here anymore and we buy it from everywhere. The only thing America really is doing anymore that we're good for is basically intellectual property and entertainment. That's it. You know, so on a competition level, I think there's a lot of other places that have certainly in the running and they're overtaking America. So my question here is, how do you plan on making us more competitive? Why don't you follow up with, uh, with that? Because what's occurring and what's been occurring for quite a long time, it's making America much less competitive. The problem here in his address that he made is I, I honestly, myself, I don't know if we can remain competitive. And I don't know, as he claims, we can basically, you know, be the best again. I, I think things are set way too far in motion. And unless there's drastic changes, 
on the way things are done, particularly not giving away manufacturing things that are critical to this country. I don't, I don't know how ever we can regain this. And, you know, one of the things that really baffled me recently, I think there was a shortage at one time of some of the antibiotics and come to find out most of the antibiotics were coming from overseas and stuff. So that's a problem. You know, there's just some things that we need to make in America. And unless we start doing that again, it's not going to provide any real safety for the country if basically we're giving all of our jobs away and buying everything from everywhere else. But it seems the race for the lowest price and the highest shareholder profits has really put a lot of things at risk. And because of all the lobbies and basically who is running this country, I don't know how we're going to remain competitive, to be honest with you. So I have no idea what he is saying because the way things are going, it's not going to happen. Although he is the president, make no mistake on who actually is running this country right now. That is, if you really want to know who your supreme leader is right now, it's not Joe Biden. It's not his cabinet. And honestly, when Trump was in office, it's not President Trump. It wasn't his cabinet. It's not most of Washington. If you want to know who's in charge, it's Jeff Bezos. It's Elon Musk. It's Mark Zuckerberg. The billionaires and large corporations are running everything. You know, Washington is not in control. So with all of these billionaires being in control and the corporations being in control and them always looking for the highest profits with the lowest prices, I don't see how we're going to remain competitive, to be perfectly honest with you. And when it comes to America only having basically intellectual property and entertainment as the things we're producing and all the while, while basically we're just service people that I'm not even going to get into that subject because the Chinese are stealing the intellectual property. So how are we working on battling that as well? These are the things that we all really probably need to know. And like I said, if you want to see who your leader is, he blasted off into space recently in a rocket that basically looks like either a big penis or a big middle finger, proudly blasting off into space. So that who that is who the leader is. I understand to put positivity in an address to Americans by the president, but there's a lot more going on there to actually have America be competitive. And honestly, there needs to be a lot of changes and it has to do with corporate America first. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that the president will talk about to make us more competitive, but unless there's actually a president and government that runs the country, um, I don't see how we're going to remain competitive. From this same address from the president that was in the news, listen to this clip. I, I kind of find it almost kind of funny and laughable. Hold, hold on. Listen to this. And today I'm here to talk about one of the most pressing economic concerns of the American people. And it's real. And that is getting prices down, number one. 
Number two, making sure our stores are fully stocked. And number three, getting a lot of people back to work while tracking and tackling these two above challenges I mentioned. Okay, well, the first thing here is it sounds to me like you mentioned three challenges. So I guess you're going to only work on two of them. The comedy part here is the way he says it's real. Well, I would say no shit. Most people already know this. I don't think you really need to tell us it's real as we're experiencing it. I would say we're in for some real problems because he mentioned three challenges, but it sounds like he's only aware of two of them he's actually going to try and fix. Now, here's a, another, another quick clip. Today's economic reports showing unemployment continued to fall, but consumer prices remain too high. Tell us, the, the, the American people, in the midst of this economic crisis, the recovery is showing strong results, but not to them. They're still looking out there. Everything from a gallon of gas to a loaf of bread costs more, and it's worrisome, even though wages are going up. You see how he put in there at the end, even though wages are going up? I like how these people like to, you know, it, it was this administration and the last one to keep saying wages are going up, wages are going up. Um, no, uh, when you look at the big picture, wages are going down, and especially in this high inflation environment, you can keep touting the wages, the wages, the wages, and you can say wages all day long even because at a lot of places, they're cutting benefits. They're cutting retirement benefits, education benefits. So sure, you may be earning more money, but you're going to now pay for an overpriced education. So a lot of what he's saying here is not necessarily true. Now, not to stick on the address of the president, I wanted to kind of point out something also I saw on the news recently. Um, and I'm going to play a few clips here in a minute. And this woman who is a commentator often on NBC, I believe some of the clip I'm going to play you is after she made some comments um, and had a short segment on NBC a few days ago, she kind of, it looks like maybe, it looks like this one was maybe reported after on actually MSNBC where she tried to, she tried to kind of clean up some of the things she said, it looks like. Uh, let me play you a few clips here real quick. Like the Mosers, inflation is stressing out American families across the country. And while politicians and pundits are screaming about who's to blame, for fact's sake, let's walk through what's really going on here. Bottom line. For fact's sake, you're, you're going to give me all the facts uh, and I'm supposed to trust the news media outlet. That is the message that's supposed to be coming across here, but I'm not so sure. Prices are higher than anyone would like, but for some of us, we can afford it and some of us cannot. I hate to say it, but just the way she says that. It's like if you were in a conversation and somebody is talking about themselves, some of us can afford it. Some of us cannot, or some people can't afford it. Some cannot, but I'll, I'll tell you some of this news is already out. So I guess uh, this particular reporter can certainly afford it with a salary reported of over $200,000 a year and a net worth estimated at about $6 million underscoring the reality that we have two very different economies in this country. Many Americans save money during the pandemic with household wealth up a record 28%. If you own a home, if you own stocks, they're all worth more. And a lot of those people are out there spending and that is driving up prices. 
Now, she certainly should be an expert on who can afford it and who can't. I'm not so sure I want to even listen to the story from someone reporting it that really has no experience with it. So basically here, if you own stock or you own a home, you're out there spending money and you're probably doing okay with the inflation. I'm here to tell you that for most of middle America these days, a lot of people, they're having trouble buying a house and a lot of them don't have an investment account. Actually, only about 30% of households in America have some sort of taxable investment account. So I'm not quite sure if she understands exactly what she's saying here. There certainly is a, a couple of economies, like she's saying, are going on, but there certainly is a larger divide, which has been occurring for a long time, between people with some wealth and people with no wealth. And it certainly is a problem that she just seems to be like, well, you know, more people are saving money. And that, no, that's not really the case either. Most people that are earning a median wage aren't really saving a ton of money. Uh, I would argue that because the cost, as she even admitted, has gone up for so many things and people are having a hard time keeping up. She also says the people that have money that are out spending, they're the ones that are driving the prices up. Uh, I don't think that is the only cause for all the inflation that's going on. I don't, you know, could it have anything to do with a lot of the money printing? Could prices have to do with a shortage of things? Could prices have to do with the case that uh, gasoline is so expensive that trucks have to charge more to get the stuff to places? Uh, you know, the things a lot of these people say in a quick whim, you know, segment on the news, they're just not exactly accurate. And it really just kind of is aggravating. If you're listening to this podcast, I certainly love to hear some of your comments because I know this is something that even I've talked to other people about. And it's like you, you sometimes you can't believe your ears on what some of these people are saying. The message that this report, this reporter is actually giving is, well, basically, you probably have a little more money so you can afford to spend a little more. Well, let me tell you something, even if more, more people are saving more, even if that was the case, they should be saving more in their retirement. Maybe they're saving more in the re retirement accounts because right now people are having a hard time saving enough money for retirement. So just because you're saving more money doesn't mean you shouldn't be putting it in other places and use it on inflation. That's absolutely ridiculous. Just because you're saving more money doesn't need, mean you need to spend more money. And I would ultimately argue that that case that she is basically saying, it's not okay. And basically it makes no sense whatsoever. Now just listen to this part as she explains how inflation can be we can improve things and it's not solely on the, the government. Well, there's basically three options. Number one, the Fed can raise rates. They can change monetary policy. That would likely slow the economy, but that's not gonna happen for months. First, I would have to say, don't do that because if you do change the rates, it's not just gonna slow down the economy. There's gonna be some real problems. Number two, 
fix the supply chain. But keep in mind, it is a global problem that the U.S. government cannot fix on its own, certainly not overnight. I would say supply problems, you know, it is a global problem. But you'll see how she stresses it's how it is a global problem. She's trying to bring it away from, you know, basically being a problem of the government. And the truth here is you can't completely make things better, but there are some things you could do to help, which is not happening. So she's not quite going in to that part of it. And number three, consumers could slow down their spending. If Americans stop buying so much, it would bring down demand as well as prices. But keep in mind, we are expecting to break retail records this holiday season. So do not count on that, not anytime soon. If consumers just stopped spending and they spent less, the demand would go down. Well, one thing you just told me earlier was it was mostly wealthy people that are buying a bunch of stuff. So this is a message to everyone that has a ton of money. Stop buying shit so the rest of us can get it at a decent price. What she's saying in her, her last little part of her segment here is absolutely ridiculous. You know, she likes to say at the end of it that don't expect buying to go down because, you know, there's record sales are expected for the holiday season. That could be the case. But, do you know, historically, you know how those record sales are obtained. They're obtained through credit. Yes, credit, credit, credit. So if it's the wealthy, truly wealthy people that can only afford to buy shit and it's going to be a record season. How does this woman think that most middle income people are going to pay for their holiday season? You have to put two and two together. And when this lady talks, it makes absolutely no sense. Now, I just don't want to sit here and pick on her. There's, there's certainly many others that do similar things that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. And when you're giving a segment and it appears you're actually talking down and you can interpret it any way you want. But when I actually watch the segment, it's like she's talking down to most people that are not in the same class that she is and the money that she has. It's like a tough luck, tough shit. You know, you can't afford it, but there's people that can and I'm one of them. Uh, that's kind of the way it comes across, which... Kind of makes you want to turn the channel. Quite honestly, all the news that I see lately, it's, you know, it's a lot of the same things over and over and over. And it doesn't matter what channel you go on. You know, I was on uh, Fox. I was watching Fox News one day and I watch all the news channels, like I said. And they had an interview with a billionaire that owns a hotel chain. And one of his comments, because he was having trouble finding workers, was, well, people just don't want to work. And that's what I hear over and over. People just don't want to work. People just don't want to work. That's why there's so many open jobs. That's not the full story. You know, it's easy to sit back as a billionaire and say, well, people just don't want to work. No, uh, that's not the case. Um, people need to work for a wage where they can afford the things they, they need. I understand if you're listening to the podcast, there are people, there's plenty of people that live beyond their means. The difference here is probably in the last 10 years, there's more people that are trying not to live, you know, above their means. And quite honestly, they're still struggling. They're struggling to get an education, 
due to the cost. They're struggling to put money away for retirement. The jobs thing here is basically most of the open jobs, and this is something that a lot of these people aren't telling the people that are watching the news, is most of these open jobs, they're lower paying jobs. And I'll tell you, of course, people, you know, with the environment we're in, with their with the costs, they don't want to work a low wage job. And a lot of them are looking for higher paid work. I really believe people are today. I mean, you really got to go where you can get the most money. You know, I, I, I like to believe that at one time people went somewhere for the job as well. But today, probably more people are in jobs they hate today simply because they get paid more. It's just the world we live in today. And with more and more employers cutting back their benefits it, it, and the costs of things, people are, they're trying to earn the most money they can. And that includes, you know, if they have to go back and get some more training. And that's what happened during the pandemic in some regards is people took that time and the money they were getting to try to get trained in something where they could get, they could earn more money. So it's not that just people, well, people don't want to work. No, people don't want to work in jobs where they, you know, they can't afford to either live or have the lifestyle they want. And not everybody wants to earn a ton of money. They just want to be able to take care of their families, have a place to live and eat. And it just, it's so disgusting how so many people that basically a lot of these journalists that earn millions of dollars a year and even billionaires that they interview say, well, people just don't want to work. And that's certainly easy to come from someone that basically has all the money they need. You know, it, it seems to be a, a surprise to a lot of journalists and they can't figure things out, you know. Why aren't people wanting to work and why is there such a, a different change in the workforce and the dynamics of the workforce? You know, one of the things I saw one time is I saw a statistic where there's more men that are staying at home these days and the wife is working. Now, you probably only need to think about that for just, a, you know, just just a minute or so and you can probably figure out the reason why. And if you can't, I'll tell you, one of the big reasons why is a lot of companies these days, they're, you know, they're trying to pay the least amount of money they can. Now, that's somewhat understandable, but you also have to pay a, a fair wage, especially for someone that is in a career of some kind. So historically, there has always been a pay gap, and I'm happy that it is getting more in line. But the problem is there's still a big pay gap between men and women. And when you look at the workforce, there are a lot more women in larger positions. And this is nothing against women. I personally believe there's a lot of women that do a lot better work than men and they should get paid more for it. But the, the thing that happens here is a lot of times they don't. So it, there's been a shift. If you look at a lot of companies, they've gotten rid of a lot of men and hired in a lot of women that historically they're going to pay less which equals more profit for their shareholders. And this has been happening for some time. The best thing in the world that could happen for both men and women is to bring that pay gap together. And this is something a lot of people don't talk about. So I just thought I'd kind of throw that out there. That is another thing that kind of aggravates me in the news when it comes to people working. 
one of the news segments I saw that has to do with jobs, it was an interview with, with Mike Rowe, who actually makes some sense. He makes some sense on a lot of things sometimes, and you may not agree with that. And he certainly sometimes leaves things out, but he does admit that there's a lot more going on when it comes to the job market. And I just wanted to play a, a couple clips of that interview real quick and, and comment on those. Why are all these people quitting their jobs but not taking the other jobs? Look, I mean, the honest answer is a 300-page book. I can't get around to finishing, but in general, uh, I think it's coming down to the ever-evolving definition of what a good job is, the expectations that most people have when it comes to determining what they want to do with the useful part of their life, money, incentives, disincentives, uh, uncertainty. It's all swirling around, and look... It when it comes to that clip right there, I think we have a bingo. If you listen to what he's saying, there's a lot of different things that are playing there. And a big one of them is incentives. And there's not a whole lot of incentive with a lot of jobs anymore as they're cutting back. They're cutting back benefits. Their pay isn't quite what it is to live a comfortable lifestyle, live a life that you want to. And these are even even in the lower paying jobs with the cost of things the way they're going and companies keep cutting stuff back, especially in these lower paying jobs, what is the incentive to work there? And there really isn't one in a lot of jobs. You know, it used to be at one time, you know, you may not make a ton of money at a job. You may make some, you know, a lot less money at a job, but maybe they had good health care or something or good retirement benefits. Well, good luck on finding those these days because not only have a lot of the higher paying jobs cut those, but a lot of the lower paying cut jobs have cut those. So now you have lower paying jobs that have benefits that don't incentivize people to be there. What do you think is going to happen? The uncertainty he's talking about is most likely referring to job security. And within even corporate America, a, a white collar job in corporate America, there's no job security anymore. There just plainly isn't. And a lot of people are being let go at the cost of shareholder profits is what they do is the quickest bottom line to make a profit is to cut a bunch of cut a bunch of pay, cut a bunch of salaries on the payroll. So towards the end of the year, before that bonus comes around, they'll, they'll can a bunch of people. And then the following year, they'll start hiring people back. When salaries get too high is what they'll do is they'll start cutting people, getting people in that have experience and pay them less. And often getting people, especially in a terrible job market, they'll pay them less and they'll get more experience. And this is what happens. It's a game that's being played. So the security is no longer there. And look, it's it's really tempting to, you know, get on the back porch and scream at the kids to get off the lawn vis-a-vis -vis laziness and all of the other work ethic things that I do love to talk about. But we can't blame people for acting in their own interests. And if we lay out a topography that ultimately encourages people to not work, then I'm afraid that's the fault in our stars. We're not going to do it. And so that's that's part of the problem. But ultimately, I think it's a real complex thing. Fundamentally, though, you can't argue with the numbers, 10.4 million open jobs. That has to mean, among other things, that opportunity is not dead if we can simply get around to making a more persuasive case for the opportunities we have.
what he's explaining here, and he even admits it's not the full story, but what he's saying is the story that a lot of journalists are not saying. It's not that people just don't want to work. He's basically saying that the incentive for people to work is basically not there anymore, you know, especially in those lower paying jobs. That's really a big problem. You start cutting a lot of incentive for people that don't earn a lot of money because they're there for those other things, those other things like a good retirement or a good healthcare program. You start cutting those things, there's no incentive there anymore. And you can't blame people for not wanting to to work when there's basically not a whole lot there. Now, I will tell you something that I have seen that kind of gets on the same subject is due to, I, I think uh, there's a lot of open jobs right now, not simply, again, because people don't want to work, but people are trying different things. People are trying to work for themselves because with the electronic world we live in, it's become easier to do that in a lot of ways. So people are trying different things. People are even trying traditional businesses on their own. They're willing to take a chance because honestly, the reason why a lot of people would take a job, a so-called job and a lower paying job is for the benefits. So if you're not getting any type of incentive to work at a place and work for someone else, when you can basically be your own, try to be your own boss, not listen to somebody else, call the shots, make all the income with the risk. Why wouldn't you try to do it? It just makes absolutely no sense. And I think that's also what a lot of people have decided to do. I heard from a recent friend of mine recently that they, you know, they were thinking about buying a business and they both do really well. But it's basically because the, the, you know, corporate America has changed. There's no more security. So there was never a lot of security in starting your own business. There's the first thing. Why not try to do something on your own? The same thing is, you know, job security, but security with the money. Money can fluctuate. So you're telling me money can't fluctuate in the corporate world? It certainly does, especially if you're on some type of bonus structure. A lot of companies cut, especially for just regular workers, they cut the bonuses or they look for a way not to, to pay them. So there's a lot going on there. The problem is... If you really dig deep enough, you can really start to see how things can be improved. And the problem is, I don't believe there's a way to improve them the way things are set up and the way things have been set in motion because we have outsourced so much, we don't make anything here anymore. So how are you going to incentivize people to work? How are you going to incentivize people to work, especially lower wage jobs? And, you know, there's people that are certainly going to have to, to, to work. I'm not going to argue with that, but people are going to look for other ways to earn an income for all the things that I have kind of covered in this podcast. You certainly should be able to understand. And I, I'm, I'm almost certain most people that listen to this podcast do understand why it's so aggravating to watch any news these days. Because a lot of these outlets, they're out of touch and they have no transparency and they don't want to tell the truth. They don't want to tell the whole story. And a lot of it, the whole story is not there, but there is a lot more there than they are often telling. 
Thanks for listening to the Smart Start Money podcast. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also visit the website at smartstartmoney.com for articles on life and money. Let me know your thoughts on the media and listening to the news. Is it something that really kind of gets under your skin? You can contact me directly at eric at smartstartmoney.com. On the next podcast episode, I'm going to cover something that I've recently been going through. It's the worst time right now to buy a vehicle. Unfortunately, I have to pick one up and it's been a nightmare experience. Join me on the next podcast episode as I start to talk about buying a vehicle right now in this market.